Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful he's rescued you? Amen. Amen. Set your soul afire by the Holy Ghost. Amen. How many loves the Lord tonight? Amen. Let's just bow our heads in prayer. Take this to the Lord, the service. Lord, we're just so thankful, Father, when you come in our midst, Lord, and you begin to touch our hearts and touch our lives. Lord, you lift us up, Lord, and how thankful we are of that. We just ask, Lord, tonight that you would just help us by your grace and mercy, Lord. We begin to speak of some things you laid upon our heart. Just ask that you would anoint, Father. I yield my vessel to you, Lord, and give myself to you, Father, once again. We commit this service in your hands, Lord, everything to be said and done for your glory and for your honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Let's look at Romans chapter 12. Mercy. That song there didn't fire you up. Your wood's wet. Amen. Back in the back there, but couldn't hardly hold myself together. Amen. Trying to get some things finished up here. But anyway, we just had a wonderful time there at Brother Josh Bennett's this weekend in North Carolina. And he sends his greetings to you and the church here. And amen. The Lord really moved on Saturday night, especially with the young people and um, touching the hearts of, of the young people. That, that's something that means a lot to me, that the young folks can have their moment with the king. Amen. And in, in his presence. And we saw, amen, demons that were cast out and amen, just getting a lot of good reports from that and the young folks. So we're just thankful to the Lord. Amen. Let's read here in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto the Lord, unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may, be, may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. We'll let you be seated this evening. I was coming home and just began to think on the, uh, the word transformed. And, you know, the word transformed means to be changed. It means to be made different than what it was before. It's a, it's a character and everything has been changed to be transformed. You know, truly, that's what we desire in our lives. Amen. We, we don't desire even here at Even Like Tabernacle to, to cause you to want to just be maybe a good church member or, you know, a good person. But we desire that your lives will be completely changed. And, and I believe a God who has the power to do that. We witnessed it in our heart, in our midst, amen, of every one of us would have testimonies of where and who we used to be and what we used to do, but we met a power that was greater than what held us. Amen. We met a power that was greater. Many met in this sitting, in this building, met a power that was greater than the alcohol that held you or the tobacco that held you or whatever kind of demon that would try to hold you. You met something that was greater than that. Amen. So great that many of you in just a moment, all it took was a moment and it was over. Amen. And you were transformed never to go back to that again. Amen. And we could look at this world even that we live in today. And if we could take it back thousands of years ago, we would find it to be a world that was without form. It was void and darkness covered it completely. It was in complete chaos. It was no life. There was darkness, storms whipping all over it. Uh, you know, nothing to hold it. Whipping winds whipping in every direction. But then a word was spoke, and that word went out. And the Holy Spirit, we know, follows that word. Amen. You see, when the past, even when the when the preaching takes place, Amen. The first thing you know is, woo! Right across the building goes the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Word is the conductor of the Spirit, and when the Word is preached, the Spirit follows it. Amen. And when it goes out, the Spirit follows that Word. Amen. If it's the, the Bible teaching, the Bible Holy Ghost comes back and confirms. Amen. What has been taught? If the Holy Ghost doesn't confirm it, then we got our wires crossed somewhere. 
Amen. But the Holy Ghost goes there and the Spirit would follow the Word of God as He would say, let there be. And, and that, that, that Word would begin to take pl- a form and would begin to take uh, place. And, and we see even, even Brother Brown speaking about God made man. He said He began to speak the Word and the Spirit of God began to brood over the earth. And out of that came Easter flowers and out of that came every kind of species as that Holy Spirit began to woo and draw that out of that earth. Amen. And the, and the Holy Spirit brooding. It's a, it was like, brooding means to be like a mother. And, you know, as Jesus said, I would, I would brood over you as a mother hen over her chicks. Amen. A brooding. It's a creating an atmosphere that the word can be made manifest. Amen. And I believe that's what we experience in our church service. Amen. As the Holy Ghost coming down as we even felt just a few minutes ago in a song or in the word of God, however he sees fit to come. Amen. And begins to brood over our hearts and it begins to pull out of our lives. And, and he said he began to brood out birds and then became animals and begin to get greater and greater until outstep the very reflection of him. Amen. The brooding of God pulling out the image of God. God. Amen. He said, never think any higher, amen, than a man or our beloved woman, she, you know, in the creation of God. He said, when this world that was in a condition that it was without form, without void, the spirit of God began to move over it and the entire picture was changed. Yeah. Amen. When the Holy Ghost comes, the entire picture is changed. Hallelujah. And that's a very direct revelation as if you've got the Holy Ghost or not, that the entire picture has changed. What you thought you thought was great and what you thought was wonderful now don't seem to matter anymore. Amen. The whole thing has changed. It, it, it began to move and he said it turned it from total chaos to a garden of Eden. Amen. That's the power of this word. That's the trans power of uh, power of the word of God is to change a life from a life of chaos to an Eden. Amen. Amen. From a life of torment to an, a life of peace and happiness. From a, to, to the power. Amen. Is here tonight to change sickness. Amen. Into health. Amen. We've witnessed the wooing of the Holy Ghost in our midst. Amen. To take a woman sick with cancer and to turn it into health again. We've seen the wooing of the Holy Ghost to take a man that was bound by every spirit of hell and going to a sinner's grave and a, a devil's hell. Amen. But the Holy Ghost began to woo. And there may be that life may have been dark without void. Amen. And storms all upon its midst. But a word was spoke over that life. And that life was predestinated to come forth and, and so the spirit followed that word and it began to draw it began to pull amen you remember the pull that you felt in your life even in this service some of you may not even understand why you're here but it's the Holy Ghost pulling upon your heart looking for life looking for truth looking for godliness looking for hope in the dying world there's a power here amen in the Holy Ghost that'll take the vilest sinner and make him a virtuous child of God amen a, amen, a life out of control one who don't know what's right and what's wrong spinning around in darkness but there is a power here amen to come upon the word of God and to call life out of that body amen and so the earth in this dark chaotic condition but the spirit of God began to woo and began to draw what the word spoke about the earth amen it changed it from chaos into a garden of Eden you know, I begin to look and, and you know, after God had built his wonderful creation and it was in, in a garden of Eden, there was no doubt, there was no fear. Amen. The word fear wasn't even imagined yet. Amen. There was no death. There was no dying. Amen. They transformed all of this into a garden of Eden and, and it so changed what the world used to be. And you know, uh, but after, after he had done that, the enemy came and, and you know, the enemy don't have the power to transform. He has the power to deform. And so I begin to look at these two words, transformation and uh, deformation or transform and deform. And the, and the transformation is the act or the state of being changed. It, it's a marked change in appearance or character. And it's always a transformation. He said it, 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 the word is used especially, amen, for a change for the better. 
Oh, hallelujah. Every one of us can testify that God made a change in me and it was a change for the better. Amen. A transformation is a change that increases value. Amen. A, a, a deforming is a change, all right, but it's a change that alters the value, but it don't increase it. It devalues it. And this is what Satan did to man. You know, he took it from a life of, of, of wonderment and, I mean, and uh, things we can't even hardly imagine in the world that we live in and the things that we go through and the mind battles and the spirits that we face. Amen. Changed it from a life of no worries and, and no heartaches and no goodbyes and no trouble unto what we have now. That sounds like it lost a lot of value. He deformed the world that we live in. And, and you know, uh, Brother Brandon was saying something about, a, you know, going into a cornfield one time. And, and he said, I would think of as a limb, you know, it fell off a tree and it fell on a stalk of corn. And that stalk was trying his best to get up as straight as it was supposed to. But there was something that was laying on him that was deforming it for what it was supposed to be. And he said the stick was laying on it. He said we also find wild creepers that will come in and, and are to begin to deform people. And they, they'll not, once a, you know, a creeper will come in and begin to push against a child of God until he can move off of his promises. And it bends him in such a way to where he can't see the Godhead straight or he can't see the revelations that we have in this hour. What is it? It's the creepers that are coming in, sowed, amen, by the enemy. And he said, it's there. And he said, we used to try to take them and cut them out and, and pull them out and pull them out. He said, but it was always there trying to deform, amen, the seed that was there. And he said, we're all still in the image of God, but some are so deformed until we walk contrary to what the word says we're to walk. We talk contrary from what the word says we should talk. We live contrary from what the word says that we should live. Amen. Sin has done this evil to the daughters and sons of Almighty God. He's a deformer to deform it, to pervert it, to change it from something what it was originally. Amen. We see that, that Satan has had a mighty work in this hour that we live in, that he would take the word of God and he would take the effect out of it. Amen. He would take it such a place to where people don't believe in a religion that has power. But there is a power. Amen. There is a power that can raise a sinner and make him not just live with those things and, you know, come to church, you're okay, just believe in God and you'll be saved. But no, there's a power that'll transform that life, that'll take it from a life of sin and make it live above and beyond that. But creepers come in and say, no, we don't have that kind of power anymore. But see, God hates a powerless religion. He hates a religion that says there's no power. Oh, they, they have a form of godliness. They have a form of righteousness. They come to church. They live, you know, seemingly okay, good guy, good neighbor, good to this, good to that. But God wants something more than that. The Bible said they would have a form of godliness but deny the power. Amen. He told that to Laodicea. He says, you're lukewarm. You say you have need of nothing. You have, you have, you're rich and increased with goods. But I say you're blind and naked and you don't know who you are. Amen. What happened? Something had been brought in there, a creeper, to bring it to such a place that it didn't even recognize it was blind. But see, God hates a powerless religion. It has to have power in it. It has to have sincerity, and sincerity brings power, and power brings real worship. Not forms of worship, but genuine, powerful worship to know you pass from death unto life. There's a change that has taken place. Ye who were once dead in sins and trespasses, yet hath he made alive. He transformed you. Oh my, don't you know that if you, were, you find yourself in a dead condition, it's an increase in value to find yourself now that who was dead to be made alive? Oh, hallelujah. Many of you were caught in forms of religion, but in dead and all kind of creeds and dogmas of man. But there's a power that raised you up and made you live again. God wants to perform his word by his power. 
But when the church denies his power, how can, how can he perform and vindicate his word? When the church explains everything away or says it's for another age somewhere, how can God who wants to fulfill his word perform it among the people and the people deny that he does it? If the people deny that he heals, then he can't heal. If the people denies that he don't save no more, he don't feel no the Holy Ghost no more, mercy's over, he can't provide none of that. But God hates a former religion. He hates a powerless religion. God wants to perform by the Holy Ghost, vindicate his word, and the church wants to perform. But see, they have denied the Holy Ghost. They want to make a big organization somewhere, make a big membership. Amen, I, I tell you right now, we're not interested in a big membership. We're not interested with names on a book somewhere. We're not interested in shaking hands with a preacher, and that's our former religion. I'm not interested in just having a form where I come and I do my little ritual on Sunday or a Wednesday. I want my life to have the power of the Holy Ghost vindicated on the inside. People join churches and call it, I got saved, as blasphemy. It ain't about joining churches. Amen, it's about dying out and giving yourself to him. Be born again. You know, there was a, a young man one time in a paradox. He says there was a young man one time that never had experienced the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Was in some formal you know, church didn't believe in it. And he says, he said, but until your life has changed and a miracle takes place like that, unless that happens, you can't be a Christian. There must be a, you, to become a Christian, there must be a change in the spirit of man to give him a new birth. And God alone is the only one can do that. He said, you know, I went to one time to a very fine boy who was going with a little girl, very fine little girl out of a fine family. Sounds good, don't it? Fine boy, fine girl, fine family. And this boy all of a sudden came up with some idea and he just walked away. He'd done something wrong to that little girl and promised to do a certain thing and wouldn't do it. Instead of coming to the girl and apologizing like a gentleman should, it wasn't in him to do it. And so the father and mother called to the scene and said, we desire to know what's wrong with our boy. He said, it's not easy to do sometimes, but you must be truthful and honest. He said, therefore, the boy was a Christian as far as a believer. He had repented. He had been baptized. He had his position, but he had not yet received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, no matter how much he thought he had. He said, you thinking you have it and having it is two different things. You might be able to say you have it. You might be able to show some evidence of emotion. But unless your life is vindicating, amen, that you have been changed, amen, and vindicating what you're possessing to have, you still haven't got it. No matter how many emotions, how much jump, run, shout, sensation, speaking in tongues, all these things are all right. I believe in them, but unless your life copes with your testimony, you haven't got what you say you have. Amen. This young fellow's parents, his mother was German. He said there's no reflection on the German, but there's a strain in that family. So they just sit and you can talk to them and they'll stare you right in the face. Oh, yeah, we got Germans in church. Guarantee you. Amen, you can preach your heart out and they'll look at you. You know, and he said, you can wave at them, you can say good morning, and they'll just stand there and look at you. He said, there's a strain in that family. And, that, and that's Gene. He said, I, sure, you, you say, I sure find, sure find morning. Just stand and look at you. And he said, an intelligent woman. And I come to say, I'd say, come to see us sometimes. She'd just stand and look. Well, our brother and their father and their mother that way. The brother, this father, this boy is strictly Irish, moody, high tempered, high strung. Uh oh. There's some Irishmen here too. That's his whole family, except one out of the family who's been filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh my. The father and mother both are Christians.
Christians, filled with the Holy Ghost. They brought this young man in the way of the Lord, and now the young man is about 17, 18 years old. Fine kid, real model boy at home. He's got a brother that's just vice versa, but all these others are trying to do right, and this boy's trying to do right, but he said the genes of the father and mother is in this boy, no matter how much they are converted, the father and mother, no much how they are converted, still remains in the flesh and has been interbred into this boy. Therefore, the boy's got a complex in him, just like his mother's family, won't forgive, won't apologize, and that's where the boy stands today. And he said, you know, I said to the father, you know, no matter how much you've raised him up, look at you. He said, out there, all your families are drunks, fighting, shooting, cutting people, so forth. Said to the mother, look at your family. They're a bunch of people that sit there, won't speak, just irreverent to religion. But he said, that's not you. You're the only one out of all your sisters and brothers, and you're sweet, kind, and forgiven. What does that? The Holy Ghost. That's the thing that made you tender and sweet. It's not your people anymore. It's Christ living on the inside of you. Hallelujah. I said to the boy, look at your family. Practically all of them to the father of drunks, moody, high-tempered, high-strung. But you're kind and you're forgiven. What is it? The Holy Spirit. It's not you. It's Christ living in you. And I said, now the same thing has to happen to your son. Father raised up and said, my son went to the altar. He is baptized correctly. In the name of Jesus Christ, all these say, I know my son has come to Christ. He said, that might be all right as far as outward motions. He might be identified with believer as with believers, but until he is born again, he receives the Holy Ghost. I'd advise that young man to never marry a woman because he'll make hell on earth under that gentle, sweet, forgiving spirit of Christ comes in. He said, then his nature will be changed and it'll take the very nature that's been bred. I threw to the altar the genes of his father and his mother and all his intellectuals and trying his best to overcome it. He'll never overcome it on his own, but there's a power he can receive. Hallelujah. There's a power here tonight that'll change your whole body. It'll change your mind. It'll change your thinking. It'll change your attitude. It'll change it all. What is the transformation? How do we get this? What does this transformation do? God does it by the spirit of his word. He plants a seed and he throws his spirit on it and it brings forth what it was supposed to be. Hallelujah. His Holy Spirit transforms a seed to be the vindication of its kind. So as he planted the corn and he planted the, the, the rose bushes and all kind of flowers and every kind of species, and he said, and he began to brew over it, he throwed his Holy Ghost on it, his spirit on it, and it began to pull, and it pulled out corn, and it pulled out tomatoes, and it pulled out flowers of every kind. It pulled it all out. What was it? The power that was in that spirit. And if he could pull that out of a cold earth, amen, but the word had been spoke upon, can it also do it upon men and women who the word has been spoke upon? And the word calls you sons and daughters of God. And it don't matter how much the devil tries to cover you over with darkness and fear and anxiety and unbelief. When that spirit begins to woo, it's going to come forth because that power is greater than what holds and what harms. The power to transform is greater than the power that deforms. Yes. Amen. What kind of seed you are to show what's on the inside of you. You can't hide it. Whatever you are, it shows on the outside. You can't keep from it. You can't make the tree anything but what it is. It's going to come forth. So if it's a seed of an apple put in there, you can't change it. It ain't going to change as far as humanly abilities to be able to come and bring it into a peach or a pear, but it's already been put in there. There's nothing I can do to change it. Oh, my. 
Amen. There's nothing I can do to keep it from coming forth if it's predestinated to lie. And if that seed of God was placed in your hearts before the foundation of the world, there ain't a devil can do there's nothing he can do to keep it from coming. He can't cover it up with enough sin, enough creeds, and enough dogmas, and enough things of this world to keep it from coming to pass. It will come to fruition and manifestation. Another day the world laid in darkness, in chaos, all kinds of religions, washing of hands, pots, wearing different kind of robes, so forth, laying in the midst of utter chaos. The genuine Israel of God had been so perverted and so bent from the laws and statutes of God to where God says your, your, your sacrifices are nothing but a bunch of traditions. You with your traditions make the word of no effect. Your traditions has caused this. These creepers have come in and turned what was to be holy and what was to be righteous into nothing but a bunch of changing of money and changing of, you know, a good get together until God would say it's become a stink in my nostrils. It became nothing but a tradition. Oh God, help us to keep the creepers cut back. To where I worship, don't come just a tradition or I have to. Our, our, our attitude towards Christ ain't just a tradition of a, I gotta do my Christian duty, but there's a, something on the inside of me that's just bubbling and bubbling and I can't stop it from coming forth. It's there and there ain't nothing you can do to stop it. And here, there was a word spoke for that time of chaos. Isaiah 6, behold, or 9 and verse 6, that unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. His name shall be called Counselor, the Prince of Peace, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and of his reign there'll be no end. And that word was God's word. It wasn't just the word of a man. Sure, he used Isaiah to speak it, and people were like, what are you talking about? They couldn't grasp it, but the Holy Ghost followed the word. And it began to search down through 600 years until it found a recipient of that word. And there was a little virgin walking down to a well and she met the angel of God and it began to pull from her. Said, Hail Mary, highly favored. Mary said, Me? Who are you talking to me? Yes, I'm talking to you, Mary. Beholding you shall be formed. Amen. A child of the Holy Ghost. And his name, and he begins to speak all these wonderful things. And something so pulled out of her to where she could respond, Be it unto me. Be it unto me according to thy word. And in the middle of chaos, God was fulfilling his word. In the middle of all kind of darkness and uh, every kind of religion of the world and things and Roman oppression, God was fulfilling his word. Hallelujah. And there wasn't enough devils lined up then that could keep that virgin from taking birth, taking seed and giving birth and a little why come forth. What was that why? Let my people go. The devil tried. He tried to spray it. He tried to let a creeper come in. He tried to turn him, you know, come to him and say, well, show me what you can do. Show me who you really are. Show, turn these stones into bread. Religious devil's still doing the same. Oh, if there's anything, such a thing as divine healing, show me. Let, let, let him heal somebody, then I'll believe. No, they won't believe. No, the same devil stood at Jesus and said, if thou be the son of God, come off the cross. The word said he was the son of God. It didn't matter what the devil and his questions was, the word said he was. Hallelujah. Amen. It, wasn't, it don't matter what the, what the devil may say about you or what the critics may say or whatever anybody may say. It only matters what the word said about you. And if the word called you a son, there ain't nothing the devil can do about it. But in the middle of chaos... In the middle of this Satan's Eden trying to cover this world with all of its nonsense and it's getting worse and worse and worse. Listen, where this world ain't getting better, it's getting worse. This world ain't getting lighter and more light, it's getting darker and darker and darker. Come on, somebody. And the men are impressions of the spirits that are here. I mean, I find more young people bound by anxiety and fear and depression more than I've ever seen in my whole life. Maybe not just young people, but everybody. 
It's a spirit that has come. And in the middle of this chaos, there's a word that's been spoke. Hallelujah. I'll have a bride without spot, without wrinkle. And the devil will try to come and cover it up and say it ain't so. And there ain't enough power in the church no more. And that God don't do that. And God don't heal. And God don't save. And he sends creepers in. But there is a power here. And that word is searching for that virgin to come forth. And that word will unite with that body. And there will be a bride without spot, without wrinkle. There is a literal return of the Lord Jesus. He promised he would. I don't care how dark it gets. Hallelujah. I don't care how many devils come into this realm. I don't care how many devils of depression and anxiety and fear want to filtrate this body or filtrate this realm. There's a word that's been spoken. And he can't do nothing. You don't come too late, devil, because there's a bride that's united with the word. And there's a spirit pulling it out of her. Hallelujah. Amen. Predestinated. God, by his foreknowledge, knew every one of you. There's some of us got stories of I was hearing some just this weekend speaking about their great-grandfather being in the war. Some of them made it through the beaches there in Normandy while thousands had died. But yet there was a reason because there had to be a seed passed through that. God's watching over his elect. He knows the names that are written on the Lamb's Book of Life. And he'll, come, he'll, he'll stop wars He'll change bullets, directions of bullets. He'll change bombs, make them where they don't detonate. You know, I, I was, uh, Brother Daniel Mazur, some of you, many of you all remember him from Czech Republic. I remember correctly, his father was in World War II, and he was, but he was working there in Czech Republic in a, in a factory building, building airplanes and stuff to try to fight the Germans. And, and he's, he's there, and the, the, sign, the, the, sign, uh, the signal came of an air raid. Germans were going to bomb the factory. And, and they, they, they got ready, and they hunkered down, and they watched as just almost seemed like hundreds of German planes went right over, right over their factory. And they knew they was coming for them. They, uh, they had, uh, uh, you know, uh, already had knowledge of it, had fact, broken the codes or whatever, and, and knew that they was going to bomb that factory. And they, they got to after the war and they found some of those men that had actually flew over there because they flew over the top of it. And they didn't bomb there. They bombed about three or four uh, miles or 10 miles down somewhere else and they totally missed. And the guy who was one of the pilots said, you know, he said, we didn't know what happened. He said, we was coming across there. He said, we didn't see no factory. We saw nothing but fields. He said, so we didn't see anything to bomb. Hello, somebody. But there was a man there who was working in that factory who had a son that hadn't come forth yet. Amen. And a minister of the gospel, Brother Daniel Mazur, and God would change the whole, whole scene, amen, to protect that seed. Oh, hallelujah. Some, he's watched over your grandfathers and good line. Great, 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 however far you can go back. And he's watched them, amen, and directed them. And this happened and this miracle. And then in that time, it seemed like it just maybe a normal thing or didn't realize what was going on. But God's been watching over you, not just since you've been born. God's been watching over you since the foundation of the earth. Hallelujah. He hasn't been watching you for 40 years or 60 years or however old you are, 15 years or 15 months. He's been watching over you since the foundation of the world. Hallelujah. And he knows the names that are there and he's going to bring them forth. You are in the loins of your father. But you're going to have fellowship with him until you was transformed into a body of flesh. He said, I wanted a son. He was in me. But through wedlock, I came as, as he was transformed into a man like me. And you became like your parents. He said, now for God's sons, were attrib- your attributes of your father, amen, the germ lay in there in your father, and your mother, the incubator to bear you, amen, the earth and flesh is also the incubator that bears God's seeds. Now, if you're sons and daughters of God, then you were in God at the beginning. 
You are his attribute. If he wasn't there, then you never was, nor ever, never will be. He said, because I, can't, I cannot bear for my loins a son of a man here, a man there. I can only bear my own sons and to be in my own likeness. Sons and daughters that was in God at the beginning. You've got eternal life, you say. We believe we got eternal life. There's only one form of eternal life, and that came from God. And if you got eternal life, that life was always was. Amen. Good luck, devil. On, on quenching out a life that always was. You can't do it. It's impossible because it's eternal. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among Him. We were in the loins of Jesus and went to Calvary with Him. He died with Him. You raised with Him. And today we're sitting in heavenly places with Him, filled with His Spirit, sons and daughters of God. And we can have fellowship with him. You know, he says, he says here, he says, talks about a father that was half, half Irishman. And my mother was a half Indian. He said, my family tree is terrible. And if you ain't careful, get on ancestor.com and you'll find out your ancestry tree is terrible. I guarantee you, you'll find drunkards, you'll find horse thieves, they don't tell them what you'll find. Traitors, you'll find all kinds of stuff in your family lineage. It's there and it comes through, amen, through the, through the family lines. And he said, you may not be able to brag on them much. He said, but when the Holy Ghost comes, you change families. Hallelujah. You change families. God transforming you. God pulling you over to himself. Amen. You realize I never was that. I am his. That's not who I was. That's not who I am. That's who I was. Hallelujah. You might not be able to brag, amen, on your family tree, but you can brag on him. Hallelujah. You may not be able to brag even on your father, your grandfather, grandmother, whatever, but you can brag on Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's never done nobody wrong. He's the same today. He's still got power. He still heals. He still saves. He still sets free. He still delivers. That's my father. Amen. He still comes on the scene in the midst of a storm. He still comes and he, and he wounds the brokenhearted. He still does all of that. He's my father. Can we brag on him a little bit tonight? He's the champion of champions. He's the God of all gods. He's the Lord of all lords. He is full of power. He's full of blood and redemption and all the works that he's doing. He has not lost one ounce. God sent his transforming power to fulfill his word in Sarah and Abraham. Sarah and Abraham were beyond childbearing and it's a mystery that's in the Bible. How is a man that's 100 years old and a woman that's 90 going to have a baby? Is that possible? I mean, even in today's science and it's a great impossibilities that he can do to where he can do heart transplants and every kind of thing imaginable almost. Is it really possible for a 100-year-old and a 90-year-old to have a baby? But there was a word that was spoke. And he told Abraham, you're going to have a son. Now Sarah tried to perform that on her own and she brought forth, amen, a bastard child, a son of the bondswoman. Amen. But when the word was performed by the Holy Ghost, Amen. When he came down and visited them there in the day, on that, that, that day at the tent, amen, the Holy Ghost came and it began to woo upon Sarah until it changed her body. You say, well, how do you know it was changed? Well, it wasn't but just a little bit after that that a king of a nation wanted her for a wife. How is that possible for a young man to want a 90-year-old woman for a wife? Something had to happen. And that power so changed her until it changed her back to a young woman again. What was it signified? It was a type of you and I. Come on, Sarah. You've tried to do things and you tried to do it and you ain't done nothing but produce dead works. But there is a power. 
Amen. That'll change your life forever. It's the transforming power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Enoch was translated from death. Uh, by, he walked with God and was not. How did that happen? By God's transforming power. What did God do that for as a type of rapture in the church that's coming? Jesus' body was quickened after it was dead. What was it? Transforming power. The word has got to come to pass. It's God's word. Plant in your heart if you want to go into rapture. If you want to be a Christian genuine, place this word and believe it as the prophet. And God spoke to the prophet said, take that scroll and eat it and become it. Amen. Every promise in there has to be manifested. It's God's original seed. Don't let some educated theologian try to pump it out of you. Don't let him spray you with some carnal science and knowledge or some kind of education somewhere. Believe God. Hallelujah. You want the transforming power of God in your life? Begin to believe him. Do as Mary did. Say, I take you at your word, oh God. If you take him at his word, it'll change your life. If you're sick tonight and you begin to take God at his word, he's the Lord God that heals all our diseases. That power will begin to work in your body until it transforms you into a well son or daughter of God. Amen. Amen. Abraham didn't take the scientific research of his day. But I'm too old. I went too far. I've done this. He called it all Nonsense and staggered not at the promises of God. He was strong, giving praise to God. He knew God was able to perform what he promised. How many children of Abraham we got here tonight? Amen. Just because it's dark around here don't mean that God forgot his promise. Just because there's a lot of chaos going on in this world and, amen, the nations are all tore up and politics is all tore up and money's all tore up and all this nonsense of this, that, and the other trying to filtrate around, amen, it don't mean that God's not going to still fulfill his promises. But it's in the middle of chaos. If you realize all down through scriptures, it's right in the middle of the most chaotic time. Chaos all around. And God steps on the scene. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. You say, Brother Timothy, I've been in the worst day of my life. I've had all this. Well, you ought to be looking where's God at. God's going to step in any moment. It was in the boat that was rocking and carrying on. And it was about to go down. That's when he come walking on the water. Hallelujah. Amen. If you're in a bunch of chaos tonight and you don't know which way is up and which way is down, you don't know what's going on around you, you've lost your bearings, start looking for Jesus. Because he's walking around, he's looking for you, and he's saying, come, my child. He's wooing at your heart. He's wooing. Say, come on, step out on the water. Believe me. If you believe, I'm just waiting on you to believe me. If you believe me, I'm coming. Hallelujah. Amen. Sometimes it's in those dark moments. That's when Jesus steps on the scene. It was in Martha and Mary's dark moment. Lazarus had died four days. Looked like their friend had left them. He called for him. He didn't come. And it got so dark. But it didn't change who he was. Didn't change his abilities. It only magnified his ability. Ooh, man. It didn't change it. He went from just a God who could heal. They saw him heal many times. Saw him heal blind men. The darker it got, the more it magnified his ability. To where he could say, Lazarus, come forth. And if he wouldn't have spoke the name Lazarus, everyone in there would have rose. That was the power that was there. Oh, God. Do we realize what power is among us tonight? <clears throat> Isaiah, an ordinary man with unclean lips, says, woe unto me. I'm an unclean. Lord, I'm an unclean man. I got unclean lips. But the angel came down and got fire off of God's altar and transformed his lips. And those lips come from a, begin from a wandering man to the lips of a prophet with thus saith the Lord. Ooh. 
God transforming power. 120 fishermen, little old sellers of purple women, gathered themselves in the upper room, closed the doors. Some of them not enough education to sign their names. But God transformed them from fishers to fishers of men. From men and women of the street to saints of God and mortal. The transforming power of Almighty God. Paul, a local church member, maybe a Presbyterian, a Methodist, Baptist, Pentecostal or something, down the street he went. This great defined spirit on him knew more than any of them. Been taught at the feet of Gamaliel, one of the best teachers in the land. What happened on his road down to Damascus? Got a bunch of people who's believing God's word and they begin to cry out and begin to pray. And on the road, the power of God met him and it transformed him from a church member into a church goer. And from a, to a prophet of God who wrote the word of God in the New Testament, from a church member to a saint. Hallelujah. The power to change. You say, I have Christ. But are you changed? You can't have him and not be changed. You say, well, I got the hallelujahs. You don't know Christ by hallelujahs. You don't know Christ by dancing. That's an attribute. You know Christ by knowing him as a person that's coming to your heart in the form of the Holy Ghost. And he took away your sins. And he planted an undying faith. An undying faith in the resurrected Lord Jesus. Not an intellectual conception. Not an intellectual conception, but a new birth to change you. To change you from the creature that you once was. And that's how you know him. Then you can dance in the spirit. Amen. Then you can clap your hands or whatever emotions the Lord puts on you. It comes afterward. Hello, somebody. You don't dance to get the spirit. You get the spirit and then dance. Amen, you don't dance, amen, you don't shout to get it. You get it and then shout. It comes afterwards, but you can't have it without having him. Listen to this, he said, I wish that he would take a bunch of preachers in this valley here and let them know we're not crazy. We're not a holy rollers or a bunch of trash. What is it? It's the spirit of the living God among us. And men and women are drunk on his goodness. It's not witchcraft or mental telepathy. It's the spirit of the living God. Turn loose of your traditions. Amen. Turn loose of your elders and listen listen to the voice of the living God. It will change you. Hello, somebody. It will change you. You won't be one of the persecutors. You'll want to be one of them. Amen. If you can pass the barriers of all your doctrines until you can float in the presence of God, something will take place. You won't believe the days of miracles are past no more. You'll believe they're right here because one has been performed on you. Hallelujah. Amen. When you have been a miracle, you know God's still a God of miracles. Hallelujah. When you've been healed by the power of God, you know God still heals. When you've been saved by the power of God, you know God still saves. When you've experienced the blood of Jesus, you know there's still blood. Hallelujah. It'll change a man. That's what God can do. Hallelujah. Supernatural God does not change his nature to fit people's nature. Come on, somebody. You know, first sermon I ever preached, I had a, I guess I put it in my, first sermon I ever preached was a little goat show of all things. We had a, in Shreveport, Louisiana, and they asked dad actually to speak on a Sunday morning for him. They want to have a little devotion. And um, he said, well, I have a church. He said, but my son, he, he'll speak. I went, well, thanks, Dad. What am I going to speak on? He said, oh, don't worry about it. It'll come. And I'm all nervous and tore up. Well, I get up there, and I begin to think. of You know, in the goat world, there's something called a scorecard. And it's written there, you know, what a goat, you know, maybe what a perfect goat would be. And it's so many points are given to uh, stature and confirmations and all kinds of things and it breaks it down in other little points and so as you show your animal a judge in his mind is adding this animal's points up 
And then, theoretically, he's supposed to take those points and then place the animal according to what he's added up in his mind. So if this goat is 95 out of 100, he goes first and then on down and on down. And so I was talking about the scorecard, and I said, you know, I said, the problem with the scorecard is supposed to be the absolute. I said, but many breeders want to take the scorecard and change it to match their goat. Instead of taking a goat and trying to breed certain characteristics to where it matches the scorecard. And I said, the Bible's the same way. People want to change the Bible. Well, God don't teach that more and more. That ain't the same no more. Uh, you know, that ain't right. That's, our church don't believe that. What does it matter what your church believes? Well, if a preacher don't believe, what does it matter what a preacher? If it's in the Bible, it's in the Bible. It's our absolute. We got to have an absolute. We got to have, and I'm thankful that the word that we believed didn't have to have a new Bible that had to be written. But we took the King James Version. Brother Brown took it and he made it live. It came alive. Amen. Amen. And then our, our ambition is not to take the word and change it to match what we believe. Because listen, if you leave the scriptures, you leave the message. This message is not, if it ain't in the scriptures, it's not message. Amen. So this Bible is our absolute. So a supernatural God does not change his nature to fit a person's nature. People has to change their nature to fit God's supernatural plan. And why is people cry? Who is this? It's God in the midst of his people. They don't understand it. God will never come to your level. You've got to come to his level. God not come to meet your requirement. You've got to meet God's requirement. And then when that requirement is met upon the promise God made to redeem the people, if that requirement has been met, your entire being changes. Your entire being changes. Your thinking changes. Your habit changes. Everything about you changes. Your desire changes. Your living changes. Your ever, everything changes because it's not your nature no more. It's not your life no more. It's the life of Christ living on the inside. But people are afraid of the new birth. But you know, a new birth is a mess. I don't care where it's at. It can be in a pig pen, cow stable, in a pink decorated hospital room. It's still a mess. A birth, when it takes place, it's a mess. New birth is the same. It'll make you do things you didn't think you would do. It'll make you cry, boo-hoo, rub around on the altar, no matter what you do. I'll never ask God to try to bring the new birth to my level. I want to meet God's level of the new birth and receive it. Listen, this ain't the time to water down the Christian walk. People have watered it down to such a point that men can live in pornography and live in all kinds of sexual sins and still have the Holy Ghost. What? That ain't, that ain't, that's, that's somebody taking their level or God's level and trying to bring it down to their level. God's not, he don't operate like that. He takes you and brings you to his level. The new birth changes a man. It changes a woman. It changes their desire. It changes their atmosphere. It changes their appetites. It, you wrestle with God until the blessing comes. You say, well, I, I danced in the spirit. I spoke with tongues. But look and see if something may not be right. We get a weed growing now to, you got to get from this weed now to a wheat. Humble, sweet with the word, obedient, obedient to the word. Let the Holy Spirit come in and let God change you. You can see a type of this change in the tadpole. Tadpole was born as looking like a little catfish or something. Just a little thing with a little tail on it swim, swimming in a mud hole. And you can watch the change as it begins to take place. It begins to come up to the top of that water and it begins to take a little sip. And it goes back down and it comes back up and it takes a little bigger sip and it goes back down. And it comes back up and it takes a bigger sip. And all of a sudden that atmosphere of that other world begins to do changes in his life. 
and all of a sudden little legs pop out of it and the tail falls off and that world pool gets greater than the world that it was born in. Hallelujah. Amen. I believe that we have all come to that moment in our life where we come into the house of God we get a little sip of that atmosphere. We get a little sip of the spirit of God moving and it begin to pull and it begin to woo and it begin to draw until that world got greater than the world that we was born in. Hallelujah. That's when you know a young man's been changed or a young woman's been changed that the world they was born in has lost its power. You can see it also in a butterfly as it comes a little ugly caterpillar and we're just creeping along. Most of you smash him with your foot. Oh, ugly thing. And it just sits over there and begins to eat, begins to eat, begins to eat. And something begins to change. Brother Jewel would say it would begin to sing a song. I'm wrapped up. I'm tied up. I'm tangled up in Jesus. And it builds itself a little cocoon and it's sitting there and it's eating and it's eating and it's eating and something is happening. Something is popping out. And the next thing you know, that old ugly creature is changed to a butterfly. Hallelujah. Amen. You know the change God has wrought in your life. But I want you to understand God has done even greater. Amen. Because a frog can go back to the same waters. Amen. Amen. A butterfly will go back down into the same and land on the same limbs. But God has done something, excuse me, (coughs) done something greater. He has taken you from a tadpole and changed you into a butterfly. He's totally changed your heart. When you receive the Holy Ghost, you're no longer the same. Your characteristics has changed. Everything about you has changed. God has worked a miracle in you. Hallelujah. And he's still a miracle working God. Hallelujah. I've seen him just this weekend come down and change a little girl who was so bound by fear. And when we went to pray for her, she began to scream, just in a blood curdling scream, and began to pull away from us ministers. But by the power, the power of transformation, we begin to call upon that thing and rebuke that spirit of fear. And it left her. He still got that power. He still sets free the druggies. He still sets free the drugs and the alcohol abuse. And all the tobacco in the world. Once you get enough of that atmosphere, you don't ever want to go back to that again. It's like Brother Brown, I'm talking about the pig. He said, you can take a pig and you can clean him up and you can wash him up. And you say, put some lamb skin on him. Say, oh, ain't that a beautiful lamb? He said, but there's still a nature inside of that. It's still a pig. He said, if you can ever change that on the inside to be the nature of a lamb, then you don't ever have to worry about that pig going back there again. Hello, somebody. Amen. That's why we want our young people to have more than just a religion. More than just a little religious service and a religious duty. Amen. We don't want, they, amen. We don't want to just put a covering on them. Cover them with a message. Cover them with a script, you know, just a covering. A tradition. That ain't what we want. We want the nature of God to come on the inside. And that don't just ain't for the young people. That's for the old alike. A lamb, when you get that change, the lamb begins to forfeit. He says, well, I can dress any way I want to. It's none of your business. It's not me. It's the Bible. I can do whatever I want to do. I, I've got, it ain't me. It's the Bible. It ain't a man up here behind a, a, a pulpit dictating rules and regulations and leadership. It ain't about dictatorship. Listen, we don't, uh, I know Brother Tim's heart, my heart, and any other minister's heart, true minister of God, they don't want to be your Holy Ghost. We don't want you to have to take us everywhere you go and go, shh, 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 no, can't wear that, shh, 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 no, can't, shh, oh, that one looks good. No, we ain't interested in that. We ain't interested in going, amen, anywhere with you that Jesus wouldn't go. But if you get him on the inside of you, you don't need a preacher. No, you don't need to do that. No, you don't need to do that. It'll be a life that's lived, a transformation, amen, a change. You once in times past dead. Even many here tonight, one time, you can look back. You can say, yep, sir, I was dead. 
You deserved to go down to a sinner's hell, a devil's, a sinner's grave, and a devil's hell. But God, who's rich in mercy, God, who's rich in mercy, I'm so glad He's rich in mercy. I'm glad he's not just rich in money, he's just rich in money or rich in materials, which he is, but the greatest thing is he's rich in mercy. How that we were once dead, you hath he quickened and made alive. He changed you of who you was to be a new creature in Christ Jesus. Not just a tadpole, but a butterfly. Not just a pig but a lamb, not just a sinner, but a saint. That's the power that's in this word. And anybody that says different is a creeper. You know why? Because they creep me out. (laughs) I want out of that because I know what God has done for me. This church knows what God's done for you. People come in here sometimes, you know, I've heard people like, wow, I don't know if I can be around them. They're such holy people. <laughs> we weren't always that way. I can name druggies. I can name drunks. I can name cigarette smokers. I can name, amen, oh, womanizers. I can name all kinds of stuff that think harlots and everything else. But God, rich in mercy. Hallelujah. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Oh, can you rejoice in your salvation tonight that God didn't leave you where he found you, but he picked you up out of the miry clay and he set your feet upon a rock and that rock is Christ Jesus, our Lord. It'll never fail. It'll never falter, but it's gonna go through until the end. Hallelujah. There is a power in this building that'll make the vilest sinner free. There is a power in this building that'll cleanse a heart and make him free. There is a power in this building that'll heal the sickest person. It'll heal every person. It'll save every person. That's the power that is here. Because he said where two or three are gathered, there I'll be. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads tonight. We're not interested in just a religion or a dress code. We're interested in life. The power to change. The power that will make you live right. Well, how many would just say tonight, Lord, I need you right now. In my life, Lord. I need you right now. Come and change my heart, oh God. Draw me, Lord. Draw me closer to you, Father. Just lift your hands to him, not to me, but to him. Between you and Jesus. Draw me, Lord. Into your presence. Into your likeness. If you haven't experienced that power for yourself, I wouldn't leave this building until it happens. God will change you. Change everything about you. Change your attitude towards Him. Change it all. There's a power to change. There's a power to live right. To walk right, to be right. Wherever it is, if you want to come to this altar, you're more than welcome to. It's always open, but find it there in your heart. Say, Lord, I want to change. I want to give more of myself to you. I want to lay it all down at your feet. Father, you see these hands that were lifted all over this building. There's a drawing that's taking place. There's a people, Lord, that's losing. Lord, this world's pull is lost, is losing its power. And they're beginning to lift up off of here. 
Lord, it would be culminated in a return. We go to meet you in the air. Oh, Father, what a day that will be. But unless we can have this change that we spoke about tonight, Lord, in our hearts and our lives, to change our vile natures, to change our attitudes, to change us, Lord, we'll not see that change then. But, Lord, may our lives be changed tonight, I pray. Touch every heart and every life. Bless the visitors among us, Lord. Lord, just move, Lord, and may everyone just feel your presence so near and so close. Lord, as you pass by, may they reach out and just touch the hem of your garment. Be made whole. Touch the hearts, I pray. Bless each hand, each desire. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, yes, I know. Yes, I know. Jesus' blood can make. Oh, yes. And I know. And I know. Yes, I know.